This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. The BFM Breakfast Grill, connecting you to the top people and ideas. Powered by U Mobile. 5G now with you. I'm Wong Xiaoning and this is The Breakfast Grill. Basatu, the nationalistic political party, was written off by many prior to GE15. Yet, together with past India coalition, Priyakata National surprised pundits by winning 74 seats in parliament. So much so that in the early days post-November 19, many had expected this coalition to form the next government with the support of the Borneo bloc. But as we know, that was not to be. And today, we speak to Basatu's youth chief, as to what kind of opposition they will be. Welcome, one Ahmad Faisal. Now, this is a continuation of our youth series that we are having with uh, all the young leaders of the political party. So thank you for coming in. Uh, but first off, are you disappointed, frustrated, and maybe angry that PN is not in government today? No, I think uh, from the hindsight, I think it's a blessing in disguise. Especially after we uh, observe the encouraging result in Padang Sarai. Mm. I think there's a blessing in this guy for us not to be in the government in cahoots with uh, BN and Pakatan Harapan, with Zaid Hamidi especially. Why do you make such a strong statement? I mean, uh, cahoots. And uh, why do you think it's a blessing in disguise? I would like to quote again Mujidin's mm. uh, comment on the biggest electoral fraud had happened in last GE15. What he meant by that yes. is that all the promises made by then Pakatan Harapan and Barisan National mm. were actually lies. Uh, but weren't, weren't the, the, the Agong actually encouraging all the political parties to come together to form a unity government? So are you saying that the outcome we have today is, is a fraud in the first place? No, that's not what I meant. I think uh, Agong, uh, His Royal Highness, has his uh, way of doing things and yes. uh, I think he's right to propose but it's also our right to uh, object in the first place. It's democracy, right? I yeah, mean, of course. So we made our choice not to be part of this government uh, or this so-called unity government. Anyway, I disagree with the label used by the current government mm-hmm. uh, which they call themselves as a unity government. It's not unity government, it's a mixed government. A coalition of willing, shall we call it that? The strange bad fellows. But you were also invited. I mean, Persatu was invited, PAS was invited, but you rejected that, right? Yes. Okay. So now that you're clearly in opposition... What is your goal? I mean, what is your role? How do you, I mean, what is the future of Purikata National then? We are the government in waiting. You're so confident of that? Yes. Okay, so come GE16, you expect to win hands down. But five years is a very long time in politics, right? So in the meantime, how are you going to prove to the people who didn't vote for you, right? The rest of the constituents you didn't win, that you should be in power. Uh, is that going to be driven very much by your policies or shadow cabinet or are we just going to descend to more politicking that we saw prior to GE15? We made our bold statement and commitment by appointing Datuk Sri Hamza Zainuddin as our opposition leader. Mm. That should speak volume. Where sh- shall we be heading as a coalition? Yeah, I'm curious why you appointed him and why isn't uh, Tan Sri Muhyiddin Yassin leading the opposition uh, in parliament? We want someone who has some sort of uh, gravitas and also uh, deep experience in government. Doesn't Tan Sri Muhyiddin have that? He had that. Of course, he's the most experienced of all. Yes. But Hamza Zainuddin is an enigma by himself. Okay, so is he going to be the future leader of Bersatu? Is that what you're trying to to imply? 
if you talk about seniority, mm-hmm. he's up there. Okay. Uh, so then what happens to Tan Sri Muhyiddin Yassin? Is he not your candidate or PM candidate for choice when you come to GE16 then? If you say that Hamza Zainuddin is the opposition leader in parliament for, for PN. We shall wait for the series of uh, party election. But okay. as, as of now, he is our leader and our prime minister candidate. Hamza Zainuddin. No, no, I mean, Tansi Muhyiddin Yassin. Yeah. So let's be clear with that, yeah. right? Uh, but going back to your role as opposition, now you say it's a fraud. So I'm curious, does this mean that on behind the scenes, we're going to have some plotting? Are we going to see another Lanka Sheraton part two? Oh, no, no, no. I think this is something that we must dispel mm-hmm. because the commitment that we've made to the public and also uh, to the, our electorates that we're going to be a responsible and dignified opposition. I'm very much gearing up to be a good opposition member. Uh, well, I'm the youngest in the in the team anyway. So with my some of my experience back then as a part of government, I uh, shall use it wisely to keep in check and balance on our current uh, uh, government that we have today. So I think we have a mixture of new and experienced uh, MPs. Mm-hmm. And it shall be interesting because... Uh, we do have some experience governing. Of course you do. Um, because uh, you were in government after Shara, uh, Lanka Sheraton. But I yeah. want to come back to that in a moment. But I want to ask you about your campaign, you know, the GE15 campaign. And, you know, kudos for doing so well. Nobody really expected you to get 74 seats. And it was a very well-funded one. So I've read reports that Dato Sri Anwar appears to imply that PN's election funds were partly from gaming companies involved with special draws. What do you say about these allegations? I lodged a report against that mm-hmm. uh, accusation. I think it's merely a baseless accusation. Dato Sri Anwar Ibrahim, be it as a Prime Minister or Minister of Finance, have to come forward with proofs. Okay. But then where did the money come from all the campaigning that you did run? I mean, and they were very slick. They did, you know, for a relative new party, you only were founded in 2016. You have a much smaller membership base. So where were the funds? Who funded all this? We do have our supporters. I mean, I ran in Kelantan, where PAS is the leader or Mm. one of the major, uh, the driving force there. And the culture in Pakatan National is very much a uh, grassroots-based party, meaning to say people contributed okay. to our struggle. And this is very evident uh, in, in where PAS is one of the major blocks in, in Pakatan National. But even in the Klang Valley, Pakatan National mm. was very visible. You had huge signboards. Mm. These cost millions of dollars. Mm. So are you saying the grassroots support is so generous when it comes to funding well, partly, PN? Partly, of course. I mean, I can't deny that there are perhaps other private uh, donors that, that contributed to our campaign. Okay. Yeah. Are you willing to disclose these donors? Um, are they all above board? Because we are supposed to have a financing bill eventually, yeah, right? Yeah. Once that came into being, mm. I believe we, shall all, we, we must be... Uh, transparent about that, yeah. I'm looking forward for that in Parliament. Okay, and then coming back to the elections, right? You say that it was a fraud, but at the same time, why weren't you ultimately to get uh, able to get parties like GPS or GRS mm. to agree to join PN and be open about their support? Okay, well, this is a very interesting story. Um, well, things happen anyway. Yes. And we respected their uh, decision. And we move on from there because I do understand the predicaments uh, uh, from the uh, Sabah and Sarawak-based parties. Yes. Why they have to do or make such move in order to uh, 
stabilize the government. But for us in in Semenanjung, I think uh, we have to respect our electorates. Uh, what we have promised to them, our narratives, our campaigns, we cannot violate that. I think that's the reason why um, we are here today. Okay, because some academics will argue that uh, the Sabah and Sarawak parties were uncomfortable with past being so strong within the coalition. And the possible uh, shift in terms of Islamization in East Malaysia. What do you say to people who, who say these things? I think this is an unfounded allegation. I think just for, for record, Bersatu and PAS, we do have what we call our non-Muslim and mm. non-Malays wing. Okay, but they're very tiny, right? Yeah. Very, very tiny. Very tiny, but they do contribute to our uh, base support yeah, at the okay. moment. For so example... But mm. all 74 MPs are Muslims, right? No. No, they no, are, no, sorry, no, no, no. all... There are two, two. non-Muslim okay. MPs. That's a very tiny number yeah. though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one in Beluran, Sabah, one in mm. Sarawak, Sarawak. Yes, of course. Yeah. So, we are not Muslim-based But you're parties. dominant, dominant Malay-Muslim party, right? as, as it should be because we live in Malaysia where Malays are the majority. So there's no space for other races hey, in no, this country? I didn't say that. Okay. <laughs> there are space, of course. We must govern the country as a multiracial nation. But one has to respect the pattern of the demography that we have in Malaysia, where Bin Putra has a special place and the majority of the voters. Then what role do the minorities have? Is there a special place? Aren't we all special in Malaysia in some way? We are, we are equal. I mean, no one's arguing about the, the rights of the Bumi Putras enshrined mm. in the constitution and, of course, Islam mm. is the mm. major, as the dominant religion. Mm -hmm. But what about the rights of the minority? Do you not want to raise all Malaysians up? Definitely. When it comes to economic development, preserve their identity, tradition, religion, everyone has their place in, in Malaysia. Everyone has their, their place in Malaysia. So I don't see um, we from mm. Brigadier National violated that. You can check our constitution. Okay. So you would say that PN is a coalition that represents all Malaysians, yeah. 100%. We would love to get more supports from non-Malay and non-Muslim uh, political base. I think that's our major aim for the next five years, to prove to all Malaysians that we are not far right. Okay, but then I'm confused because, you know, uh, what do you say about these racial religious rhetoric that isn't, of course, new to general elections, but was amplified via social media? We did see, you know, a lot of TikTok videos that warned of repeat of May 13 invoking unnecessary fear. Do you vehemently oppose such social media posts? Oh yeah, of course, as a former Deputy Minister of National Unity, mm. I abhor that. Okay, so if you find, or it is found that any PN supporters are behind this fear-mongering and also illegal posts, I mean, would you definitely put your foot yeah, down and we, say this is against what PN stands for? We took an immediate and decisive action against any campaigner during the election who made such uh, vulgar remarks on, on among Muslims. For example, there was a Ustaz in Kedah who said that wh whoever did not vote for PN, mm. they are bound for hell. So we remove him from the party. Okay. Mm. But at the same time, right, PAS, major coalition partner to PN, hasn't always seemed to sing that same tune. In August this year, PAS President Tan Sri Hadi Awang stated that non-Muslims and non-Bumi Putras were at the root of corruption and then accused DAP of promoting Islamophobia and preventing PAS from being in power. And throughout all these accusations, PAS has been quiet. Why? Hmm. Well, I think they made that remark based on a certain academic study. 
I think that's a very broad generalization, yeah, right? right? And I personally disagree with that kind of uh, 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 generalization. Yeah, and it was yeah. a very small study, by the way. Yeah, you're right. The sampling might be you know problematic, but yes. Uh, but he has his point in terms of uh, raising that issue when it comes to, for example, um, uh, illicit activities in our economy. Okay, but yeah. the largest corruption case that we have in Malaysia is 1MDB and that, mm. you know, that was... It's a multiracial endeavour. <laughs> yeah, Jolo, but yes, for sure, but it was committed very much by the convicted ex-Prime Minister of Malaysia uh, who is not Chinese. Yeah. So I don't think we can make broad statements as to I who's agree. guilty of corruption yeah. and not, agree. right? Agree. It is an endemic problem worldwide. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to know why doesn't Persatu say anything when past leader makes these statements which are inflammatory? And also not true. We did discuss in the meetings, of course, and mm. of course, Bersatu being one of being one of the components in Perikatan National, we try our best to uh, moderate things, yeah, so that at least the people out there know that in Perikatan National, we are all for building a multiracial nation. Despite statements like this coming from past. Yeah, I mean, we corrected them in, in the meeting. But not publicly. Well, here I am <laughs> to to say things that should be said. Earlier, by, by our leaders, yeah. On the breakfast grill this morning is one Ahmad Faisal, Bersatu Youth Chief and MP for Machang. When we come back from the break, who calls the shots in Perikatan National? BFM 89.9. You are listening to The Breakfast Grill, brought to you by U-Mobile. 5G now with you. BFM 89.9. Welcome back to The Breakfast Grill. And the hot seat this morning is one Ahmad Faisal, Bersatu Youth Chief and MP for Machang. Before the break, what kind of opposition does Perikatan National intend to be? Now, I want to go back to your comment about checking pass. Now, is this really possible? Because when you look at how many seats pass did win, they won 49 out of 74 seats. Now, usually the party that has the most seats is the most dominant one, which is in this case pass. So basically, are your hands tied even though they may say things that go that contradict Bersatu's constitution that aren't exactly friendly to all races and religion in Malaysia? Oh, no, no. I think, uh, let me correct the word. It's not checking pass because mm. in Perikatan National, the way we govern the party is based on consensus. There's no such thing as Abang Besar like in Barisan National where Amno takes a lead for every post there. So right. every party within PN is equal. Gerakan yeah, is equal, yeah, Bersatu yeah, is equal, yeah, PAS is equal. And we made our decision based on consensus. So in that respect, I think, uh, like for example, PAS. They have the first right to appoint to, or to name their opposition leader, being the largest uh, party that has their largest number of MPs. Mm. But out of respect and also discussion for the betterment of the party, they nominated Datuk Sri Hamzah Zainuddin. By right, they should be leading. Yeah, so yeah. then who calls the shots? Because you can't always run a coalition based on consensus, right? So who's really in the driving seat? Well, I mean, honestly, both of, I mean, PAS, Bersatu, Gerakan and SAPP, mm. there's still SAPP there. I've, man, I've seen how things are being discussed and decided and, and it was very much mutually decided by all of them. So what have you mutually decided to be as an opposition bloc? What are your priorities? Definitely how to ensure Malaysian economy are back on the right track. 
Okay, mm. so cost of living issues. Yes. Foreign direct investment, yes. capital markets. Okay. Jobs. Jobs. All right. I'm going to come back to that. But I want to ask you about the shadow cabinet. And I am really looking forward to it because past info chief, Kyril Nizam, said that you'll be forming one. And I think that's good news because it ensures a robust democracy, right? So we can compare coalitions and parties based on policy rather than personality politics. So when are we going to see this lineup? Mm, next week, definitely. Next week. Yeah, and it won't be like a shadow cabinet per se. So there won't be 28 ministers? No, 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 because we have 74 MPs. Yeah, of course. Of course not everybody will be a minister. Definitely Just like no. not every MP is a minister, yes, right? But we will have... Um, major portfolios or clusters okay. uh, where some of the MPs will be part of that group. For example, I might be uh, up, um, joining uh, defence, uh, maybe event sports and environment. So two or three MPs will be assigned to a ministry. Is that how yes, it works? Yes, yes, yes. So which begs the question, I mean, uh, will you be part of this? Before GE15, you held the post of Deputy Unity Minister. Mm. Um, there isn't such a ministry. So, like, is this, uh, that's named in such a way now? That is, there is. Okay. That, Dato Arun Dagang is the, the minister. Okay, but, uh. you know, what is the role you then intend to, to repeat? Are you headed for a bigger role this time since you are a full-fledged MP? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll be sitting at the uh, front row of, of among the top leaders uh, because I'm the youth chief of Brasatu. Okay. Yeah, so I'll be doing my part in... In to make to make sure the government uh, being you know being, being taken to the task when it comes to delivering their promises in their manifestos and others. Okay, so let's talk about this cost of living and the economics um, issues that we are facing. Underemployment, we we see uh, inflation pre pressures. You know, how do you intend to resolve them? Because if I look at your manifesto mm -hmm. under the cost of living section, you have broad issues like or promises like automatic moratorium for six months, 18.4 billion for pre-heartened aid, creating one million high-paying jobs in digital economy in five years. How how does this actually, are these providing long-term solutions for the cost of living issues? Well, we are now not the government. Mm -hmm. We are the opposition. Although I'm not saying that uh, the manifesto is an academic matter. No. I think we're going to pursue that as part of our uh, argument against the government. Uh, but I think uh, as what Tan Si Muhyiddin had done previously uh, yes. as a chairman of National Recovery Council, those are continuation of the policies that he might have uh, crafted for the government then. So, okay, because well. when I look at it, it's a lot of cash. It's mm -hmm. a lot of handouts. Yeah. Is this what Malaysia really needs three years after the COVID pandemic? And considering that we are a country already one trillion in debt, can we seriously afford this? We need to rationalise our subsidies. Are we ready for it? Because it's another thing. Um, you know, it's going to be a very unpopular measure. Is it something that PN is prepared to do? Yeah. Or was prepared to do? Well, if any government, mm. be Perikatan National, Barisan National, Pakatan Harapan, had to, if they are part of the government, they have to do or enact unpopular measures in order to save the country. Okay. Yeah, so one of the major things that all parties will have to agree is to rationalise our subsidies. So it will be unpopular, of course. Uh, for example, reintroducing GST with lower rates, but 
it has to be done. And how would you implement it? Because, I mean, the government of the day is also talking about rationalising subsidies, right? Mm. So are you in agreement with them? Regards to that whole process or will you be doing things very differently? Principally, yes. I mean, mm. the idea-wise, the concepts. But, of course, the manner, I think that has to be scrutinised further. The devils are in the details and we have to wait in the day one riot for that. And how would you improve Malaysia's competitiveness against our ASEAN peers? I mean, since an economy is something that you want to focus on. Because we have been losing foreign direct investment to some of True. our ASEAN peers, right? True. So how do you, uh, are you going to attract more MNCs to come into the country. Yeah, what kind of policies will you be implementing? I think the major obstacle that hinders why uh, hinders our uh, FDI uh, mm. is, I think, has to be our education. Okay. Yeah, we lack competitiveness in uh, our edu- higher education. That's why we couldn't produce sustainable talent pipeline for MNCs to come here. I mean, we all know MNC likes to come to Malaysia because of uh, blue collar labor rather than white collar, like before. So we I think that might have changed though, over time, right? Yeah, yeah. But yes. still, one of the major incentives that we could see, we can see, we have many foreign labor in this country. They work with the MNCs. I mean, yeah. So the, yeah. the the issue is how do we shift right our mm. industries mm. to be higher productive better paying jobs for Malaysians, right? So what kind of policies are you going to do to encourage that? Definitely, um, one of the ways is to make sure that we have a strong, uh, stable of our SMEs. This is still, I mean, this part of our economic sector is still in recovery mode. Okay, is that why you're proposing this automatic moratorium for yeah, six yeah, months? To help for them? Our, our small but businesses. honestly, if they haven't survived the pandemic, giving them more money, isn't it throwing bad after good and then like creating zombie SMEs then? This is what this is where mm. uh, the banks, our financial institutions and also our development institutions must scrutinize uh, the companies better. Because we all know uh, some of the Companies receive grants, like example, the reported uh, case to MECC uh, on recent Punjana uh, funds were given to politically connected companies rather okay. than uh, deserving SMEs. It happened before, yeah. But then there was also lots of money handed out during the COVID crisis, right? Well, it was an emergency, I think. But between life and livelihood, we have to choose. And now apparently there's scrutiny over how that funds were dispersed, right? So... What's to say that things were also not d- done properly during the term when Tan Sri Muhyiddin Yassin was the Prime Minister of Malaysia? You have to ask Zafrul for that. He's in the cabinet. Okay. So throwing Zafrul under the bus at the moment is, the, is your point, is it? Is yes. it saying that he's the finance minister? But ultimately, isn't it Tan Sri Muhyiddin Yassin who was the Prime Minister of Malaysia? He's yeah. accountable, right? Of course he's accountable. He appointed Zafrul. Yeah. And he's ready to be investigated if he needed to be. Okay. Uh, And I want to talk about uh, issues like your loyalties also. Because, you know, in Machang, you ran under the Mm. PASS logo. Mm. But in the past, you have also criticised them, Mm. right? Mm. I think there were tweets uh, that you did actually, uh, Mm. you have deleted, of course, Mm -hmm. and I think now you're not even on social media. Mm. So what made you change your mind that you can run under the PASS flag this time? Well... For the context, that tweet was referring to one MDB case. 
Yeah. Just the one MDB case. Yes, just one MDB case. Why, explain this to me because, yeah, because people... the tweet. Let me let me quote the words: "Bodo Ponyongkong Pass." Right, this was in February 2019. Yeah. So isn't it a choice of fate that you recent that you are actually run uh, you ran under this banner? Yeah, I mean, uh, I offer my apology to the supporters, and mm. I sincerely do. Uh, but the context of that tweet was basically referring to some of the comments made by past supporters then, when the whole picture of what maybe was still shady. Okay. Yeah, now things have been very much clear. So I think PAS never supported 1MDB or Najib again after what happened in the court of justice. So case closed. So case closed and PAS has forgiven you for this? Yes. If not, I cannot win in Machang if PAS did not forgive me for that. <laughs> okay, that that is partially true. Um on a special extended breakfast grill this morning is one Ahmad Faisal, Bersatu Youth Chief and MP for Machang. After the 8.30am news bulletin, what does this first-term MP hope to achieve? BFM 89.9. You are listening to The Breakfast Grill, brought to you by U-Mobile. 5G now with you. BFM 89.9, welcome back to a special extended breakfast grill when the hot seat is one Ahmad Faisal, Bersatu Youth Chief and MP for Machang. Before the 8.30am news bulletin, is Perekatan National a coalition that truly represents all Malaysians? Now, I want to ask you about your term as an MP. At first term, and so what are the issues that you hope to champion for the 110,000 residents of Machang? Um, development, accessible development, and also jobs creation. Okay. Yeah. Now, it's mainly an agriculture centre, If I correct me if I'm wrong. So how are you going to develop jobs there? I mean, what kind of opportunities are you going to provide? Or is it just a lot of lip service? Um, Machang is a very strategic parliament. It sits in the middle of Kelantan. Everyone has to pass through Machang in order to go to Kota Baru, vice mm. versa. So Machang has the potential to be a logistic hub in the East Coast. Okay. And, and, what, and uh, this seat was allocated to you or did you choose it? I mean... Well, or is it because you knew, oh, if I ran under the pass flag, I can win this seat rather easily? <laughs> Remember, I had to go against the Kelantan Amno Chief, yes, for sure, which has uh, who has a lot of money and uh, two terms MP. Okay, yeah, so it was but not Sir an easy seat. also had pretty well was ran a very well funded campaign. Yeah, but not me. I'm a newbie. I'm not like Karim Jamaluddin. I mean, who had been there in minister, you know, having assembly bra and others. So. I came in with my body, with mm-hmm. my ideas, and thank God um, I did well in, in terms of my campaign. Because I, with my promises and also I think with my energy and vigor, Alhamdulillah, I mean, uh, I made my mark. I left okay. my mark there. So are you saying that you won Machang based on your campaign, on your, on your own personality versus the past logo? How do you think the people voted in Machang? For you as a person or for PAS as the party? Uh, both. Both. I think they wanted a younger rep okay. who has more ideas and experience in the government. I had that uh, when I was a deputy minister. And also being... For a short uh, period. Yeah, for a short period, yeah. But good enough to convince them. Mm-hmm. And alhamdulillah, we, I used that in my campaign. And, and of course, the previous MP then, he... Well, in comparison to other parliaments like Tanamera, Pasir Putih, even Jeli, despite being a former deputy minister of rural development, he did not manage to develop Machang as others. So you're going to make a big difference? Hopefully. 
Okay. Uh, but do you also see your role as playing the protector of Machang? I mean, these are your famous last <laughs> words, right? You have said Malays need a protector <laughs> and are not ready to embrace a full-blown liberal democracy yet. I mean, does this not sound patronizing? Uh, no, I think... Uh, it, yeah, and it, what makes you the right person to play the, the protector role if, if it's, uh, it's needed? No, it's not me. I mean, uh, it's collectively... It's a collective effort of... of of the Malays, I think, mm. uh, who needs... Well, I don't like to use the needs, but why they voted for Perikatan National in the first place? Why not Pakatan Harapan? Why we got the largest share of Malay votes in last election? Well, some people will say it's a vote against Barisan National, right? That's true. Yeah. Why not Why not to Pakatan Harapan then? Okay. Uh, that's the issue. But maybe they're not looking for a protector, but a leader instead. Because yes. we've been a democracy since 1957. Yeah. 65 years, and we still hear rhetoric like this. Mm. Don't we need leaders that can help to solve the many structural issues that we have? You highlighted them. Cost of living pressures, mm. lack of competitiveness mm. among our ASEAN neighbours, jobs, youth underemployment, and the list goes on. Yeah. You know, yeah. How is the protector going to help with these issues? Isn't a leader the one that's supposed to help? Yes, but yeah, I mean, protector means not in a patronising way. Mm. Protector means that a particular leader in Malay psyche would have to not just resolve all the uh, outstanding uh, bread and butter issues or rice bowl issues, but also safeguarding the special position of the Malays and Islam in the, as per what written in the constitution. For sure. That's what I meant by protector. Okay, so yeah. it's just a maybe a wrong choice of words then. Is that what your point is? Yeah, I mean, some sort of... But it refers to that actually. For example, when Lim Kit Siang used the term green tight, mm. I think it has to be corrected. It then what a, would you say that he should use then? Well, he's basically an uprising. You said it correctly. Against corrupted Barisan National that I, shifted the Malay vote to us. I mean, they're not in the room to defend themselves to AP. So let's just put the, you know, Bersatu and PN under the microscope mm. Okay, here in this case. Uh, but I also want to clarify an issue. And that is, do you still call for the abolishment of vernacular schools? Because should the pupils of the only Chinese school in Machang, Pehua, be worried about whether they still should be allowed to continue their education there? What is your stance on the matter? No, I've made myself clear in Parliament. And mm. I think vernacular schools are here to stay. Okay. It's part of our social fabric. But I would love to see more... Uh, concerted effort from the government and also from uh, Chinese education bodies to nationalize our vernacular schools so that it reflect our ed education philosophy. I think that should be the way forward for vernacular schools. So that's just your position mm -hmm. at this current moment. Yeah. All right. Uh, so they have nothing to fear. So the one thousand residents, uh, Chinese residents in Machang, yeah. you will uphold their rights, their issues, their concerns, just like any other residents oh, of Machang. Yes. Of course, they voted for me. Definitely, I have to protect okay. their interests. We don't actually have the details, but be interesting to see. Yeah. Uh, but let's talk about the broader political issues because first off, we have GRS Gabungan Rakyat Sabah Chairman Hajiji No. He's led an exodus of four MPs from Sabah Bersatu out to form a new party. Now, what is the coalition's view on this? I mean, is PN disappointed or is to be expected since GRS did opt to join Anwar's uh, government, I mean, some might say it's rats leaving a sinking ship. <laughs> of course, we are disappointed. Because of us, he won and became chief minister of Sabah. Just because of your... We, 
they won under the Perikatan National Ticket. Okay. But some will say they have very good state local machinery also. Of course. But remember, the brand, the logo, and and they are bersatu first before they became what they are today. So from bersatu point of view, we are disappointed with Hajiji because he's basically he's, he's about himself, retaining his... Uh, Uh, he's, he's, uh, as a chief minister. I mean, that's what he's trying to do now. Mm. Uh, well, um, we cannot stop them. They made their move. But we have to express our disappointment with what happened in Sabah. So do you think then the anti-party hopping law should apply to them? Should there be fresh elections or should it be left to the Speaker of the House to decide the outcome? We have to see, On, wait and uh, see how, December this, yes, how the, speak, the new Speaker shall react to it. Yeah, we will lodge uh, our. We will write a letter to the speaker mm. to explain our position with regard to the four MPs who used to be bersatu member, which they claim now they are directly member of GRS. I'm not sure that they backdated or what, but as far as we know, they were bersatu members when they contested under GRS. And come December 19, right? That's the first session of the 15th term of Parliament. Are we going to expect any fireworks from PN? Because we're going to see the first vote of confidence for Datuk Sri Anwar's uh, Prime Ministership. Yeah, I, I think uh, I'm not too concerned about the vote of confidence. Mm. I'm more interested to see how the voting for the Speaker would result. Okay. Yeah, that would be more interesting. So do you have a candidate yeah. in place? And who we, is it? We've named uh, Tan Sri Razi. Okay. Yeah. Um, we'll see. It'll be interesting, right? Yeah. Because the Speaker of the House has in, has enormous power and influence and we saw that in the last administration. <laughs> of course, questions about whether it was fair. Uh, but let's talk about state elections. There, next. Your past leaders seem to be in favour for calling it early. Are you all ready? Is that what you want? We are ready. You're ready? Yeah. So when, do, when can we see the timeline? <laughs> Because there are six states, right? Selangor, Penang, Terengganu, yeah. Kelantan, Negeri yeah. Sembilan and Kedah. For Perikatan Nasional, it has to be either before Raya or after Raya. And do you think you can win confidently? Which states? I think we're going to have a good result in Kedah, Terengganu and Kelantan. Okay. And what will be the themes or the, um, the policies that you'll be running on? Because you haven't done so well in the last two major state elections, right? Which mm. is the case of Malacca and Johor. So mm. how confident mm. are you mm. in... Maybe Kelantan, Terengganu, I'll give it to you. What about Negeri Sembilan, Selangor, mm. or even in Penang? Yeah. This is where I believe Perikatan National had, has to buckle up in terms of our positioning, policy, that not only serve the Malay majority, but also Malaysians at large. Selangor and Negeri Sembilan will be interesting in ground how the idea of Perikatan National on justice, fairness can be translated into votes. So it's a big task for us to really uh, craft a good campaign mm. and hopefully uh, the voters there would, uh, you know, choose us over others. Yeah. Okay, but will the rhetoric change then? I think it will. So what we saw during GE15, um, there'll be less rhetoric with regards to race and religion because we saw ratcheting of that up, right? First and foremost, I think uh, we must... And independent media agencies did point that out. Yeah, I mean, when it comes to politics, mm. in Malay Muslim community, one cannot separate religion from it because it is part of our political philosophy. I mean, in Quran, in, in the prophet, prophetic saying, there are many references to that. So one cannot 
be secular in our, our approach in campaigning. Of course, black party issues are nothing to do with religion. Yes. Yeah? It, it affects everyone. Yeah. But when it comes to choosing a leader, one has to go and observe ethical issues in first place. And ethics in the realm, uh, ethical issues are in the realm of religion. For example, when we campaigning against corruption, we have to use Quran and the prophetic sayings as uh, argument to convince the Muslim voters why you can't choose a party that is riddled with corruption cases. But uh, I would say that Dato Sri Anwar Ibrahim also says the same thing during his campaigning, right? Mm. Yeah. So yeah. that's a common theme among parties like this. Yeah, true. So what's the difference? I think we are more uh, consistent and we are more uh, honest in our approach in campaigning. Okay. Uh, and as we all know now, uh, Anwar and Zahid, they have pre-election pact already in place. Um, I'm not sure about that. They're not in the room to confirm or deny that. <laughs> I can assure you are of you that. Specu- are you saying that's the case? Yeah, that's the case. That's the case. And it has been confirmed by Saifuddin Nasution in the very first place after election. <laughs> I think there were always discussions, but I'm not sure about yeah. that point. Uh, on that note, thank you for your time. Today on The Breakfast Grill was one Ahmad Faisal Bersatu, you chief and MP for Machang. I'm Wong Shaoning, BFM 89.9. The BFM Breakfast Grill is brought to you by U-Mobile. 5G now with you. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.